Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I have to tell you, I'm uh, going back east for the holidays. And next, on Christmas Eve, I'm actually having something called the Night of the Seven Fishes. I don't know if you've ever done that. But my girlfriend's Italian. And I've never done this. And it's the best thing. And I can't believe it took me like 50 years to try this. They just bring you seafood up. That's it. They bring you crustacean. They bring you crab. They bring you shrimp. And we're going to a restaurant in New Jersey called Nunzio's. So you know it's a good Italian tradition. So I'm very excited for that. I'm going to tell you all what I had next time. Because when it comes to food, you know I love it. And last time I tried the Italian, I was, I was, I was still sick. I was still in my heart condition. But I'm better now. So I can really enjoy it. So that's what I'm going to do. We're going to talk food. My first guest to start off. My guest is the uh, a legend. It's Ed Asner. How you doing, Ed? Well, I went to sleep with you talking about the food all the time. You didn't <laughs> offer me one bite to eat since I sat down. I had. I have nothing here. I, I offered water, and they said you had the water. You had the arrowhead. In other words, you're offering boobkits. Exactly. I, I grew up mm. in a Jewish neighborhood. Mm. I know the terms. You can. You can. You can. But there. you're not Jewish. No, but everyone thinks I am. Yeah. Why? I don't know. They always said you, you, you're you, a disgrace to the religion. If I was, I would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I'm a disgrace to the wasp because they go, <laughs> you look Jewish. <laughs> so I got to ask you, you know, you've had such a great career. When did you decide you wanted to act? I know you you were, as a young guy, did you want to act? As a kid, did you want to act? When did you start this, this path to this career? It became confirmed in my head when I did the lead in a play at college. And I became so enraptured with what I was doing and uh, so fell in love with the poetry of the piece, Murder in the Cathedral by T.S. Eliot, that uh, I also started an affair with the lady in the chorus at the same time. So it was like a double clutcher. (laughs) It's like, okay, I love this, and I love this. We're yeah, working yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So now, what do you think led you to that point to acting, though? Because, I mean, you know, was it as a kid did you act? Did, I mean, what, what? I loved to get on stage whenever I got chosen. I, I didn't volunteer because that would be a sissy. But when you got chosen, I was so delighted. I then put everything I had, all my energy into it and exhaust myself and blaring and reaching the back of the hall. And it... Uh, but I never thought it was a career. So you sit there and you're in college and you finally sit there and go, I love acting. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And now you were from Kansas City? Yeah. And now did you go to college? Where did you go to college? Because I heard, you, I heard you're a Michigan State fan. That's what Sharon said. No, no, no. She is. What do you mean Michigan State? I don't know. State? She said you, you like Michigan State. I did not say that. She that, said that. That's a stupid statement. Who, what college team do you like? Do you like? Do you like any college teams? Well, I would like to see UCLA look good once in a while. Uh, I even can accept SC. But uh, I come from Kansas, so I'm proud of Kansas when they succeed. And uh, in college, that's about it. I don't care. So, But you're in the play in college, and then you sit there and you decide, I want to do this as a career. So now what steps do you take? Because you're in Kansas. Let's say you don't say it, I want to do this as a career. Uh, but I'll stick my neck out because I want to do more of it. I want to do more of it. So you 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 keep trying to do more of it and see whether it's really something that you would spend your life doing. Thank God I found out. Now what was your what was your from Kansas? Where did you go next to to follow? Well, the- I dropped out of school after a year and a half. Even though you loved the acting, you dropped out. You just, you, I was, it wasn't there for the acting. The acting was extracurricular. But I wasn't uh, doing my schoolwork. And it's an expensive school. And uh, my dad found out about the affair I was having and realizing I wasn't uh, paying attention to the upper levels as opposed to the lower levels. So uh, he said, no more money. He said, okay. So I uh, I did one more play while I was up in Chicago, and uh, I came back to Kansas City and knew I had to look for a job. And I tried a few things, tried selling encyclopedias. And Do you remember them? I mean, I remember every every family had the the Britannica. Did you sure, sell the Britannica? Sure. Now, did you go door to door? Well, I no, I was still in training when I decided I couldn't stand <laughs> my teacher, my uh, 
the uh, assistant manager of the group, and I quit. So you quit. <laughs> what other jobs were you doing well, in Kansas City? Well, I, I sold shoes. Didn't make a, a buck doing that either. Sold shoes, and then I did it. Finally, I went to work in the uh, uh, Buick Oldsmobile Pontiac assembly plant. So you're working in an assembly plant, and now at what point do you make that break to follow this this career, which has been a great career? I mean, it's something that, you know, if you never followed it, we wouldn't know who you were. You you would be, maybe be the, a big assembly guy, but you would you wouldn't know who you were. So what made you decide to veer into this career? That would you make, what, what was your decision that made you do it? Well, I was still involved with the girl at the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, she came down for a weekend, and we spent it together. And and uh, then she went to Europe to tour Europe with her folks. In the meantime, I was busy grinding away on the metal. And uh, I was going to save up enough money. David Green, who had translated uh, the Oedipus trilogy, uh, had taken a fancy to me. He came from the... Uh, from the uh, the Irish theater, and uh, and he said when I was ready to move he would uh, speak up for me and uh, try to uh, get me into the theater there. So I decided to work in the factory, uh, work my fingers to the bone, and uh, save up whatever money I could, and then go run to Ireland and uh, be part of the theater there and uh, have my girlfriend join me. So you went to Ireland? I didn't. What happened? Well, while I'm busy scraping my finger to the bone in the auto plant, I found out that the Irish uh, aren't taking any more people into the theater unless they speak Gaelic. I sure as hell didn't speak Gaelic. So they kind of blew those plants to hell. In the meantime, my girlfriend betrayed me, and um, she finally came back, had an abortion, and uh, it, uh, it killed a lot of things for me. I still wanted theater, but I didn't want her. So how do I skip ahead to please you? No, I just want to know how you got into this this career that you know you you were there. I mean, what made you when you started sitting and say, "I'm gonna just act." I mean, you, you were working your hands to the bone. You can't get into Ireland because they won't let anyone in. Your girlfriend betrays you, and then so what do you do to start making this your goal and your your your, your drive? Well, I I know I'm gonna end up in New York eventually, <clears throat> but in the meantime, the people in Chicago wanted me to come back and, and do some more plays there, even though I wasn't in the university. So I went back and I did to Julius Caesar. I played Brutus. And uh, that was okay. That was all right. And I stayed on, and then I stayed on some more. And then they decided to do uh, Antigone. And uh, decided to have me do the lead of the show, who was crayon. Uh, and I uh, said, okay. Well, I, um, according to the head of the theater there, I so sabotaged the play by my shouting that I tricked everybody else in the show to shout with me, and I ruined their performances. And he indicted me and blamed me for doing that, so... That meant I was no longer welcome in that theater. At the same time, a sub-theater was growing at the university in a place called the Ida Noise Hall. Seats about 100. This new group of rebels and everybody who resented the, the head of the college theater. And they welcomed me, and I went in, and I did the first play there which was George Bernard Shaw's Man of Destiny. I played Napoleon. Alex Hasselhoff, who was the banjo man with the limelighters, 
played the young lieutenant. And it went off well. Then I, I'm, I'm still in, I'm working in auto plants still. I'm working in a Ford plant by now. I tried to steal mail. I tried this. I tried that. I ended up back in the auto plant. <clears throat> so then they decide to do um, at the new theater. They decide to do Androcles and the Lion with Mike Nichols playing Caesar. But they needed a curtain raiser for that, so. He volunteered to direct it, and it turned out to be William Butler Yeats's Purgatory. As a 15-minute play, and I play a grandfather who ends up killing his grandson. And that was the last thing I did until the Army got me. And so when you got out of the Army? Got out of the Army just before I was stationed in France. And... Uh, Paul Sills, who I knew at the New Theater, wrote me a letter, found me in France, wrote me a letter, and said, come back and join us. We're starting a theater here on the near north side. And we'll do all good old plays and, and uh, good new plays. So my life fell into place. I stayed home for about a week and went back to Chicago. It was the overnight of the second play, which was La Ronde, or Round Dance. And the next day I started rehearsals in the third play, which was Wozzeck, in which I was the lead. So you're doing these plays, and now what part, when do you decide that you want to transition to TV and film? Is that down the road, or was that just a natural occurrence? Well, you, I guess you see what the world is doing around you. You see where the money is going, where it's coming from. So uh, when you're working off Broadway, you'll take anything you can get to bolster that paycheck. And um, uh, I uh, stayed in Chicago for another, oh, I left in 55 for New York. And... uh, I, uh, we had done Three Penny Opera in Chicago, a pirated version. So I looked up the producers of Three Penny Opera in New York. And they thought it was fairly amusing that I would do that. And I said, they'd give me a call. And uh, three, four months later, they give me a call. Unfortunately, I'm committed to a one-night show at the Phoenix Theater. And I said, oh, God damn, God damn. I said, I to blow my brains out here. I could go into Three Penny Opera, a long-running hit, and be a success. So they, uh, uh, Carmen Cabalba said, oh, don't worry. We'll have other replacements. And three months later, calls me back again. I go in as... One of the members of the gang, Bob the Saw. It's a great name. Yeah. Bob the Saw. Yeah. It's like it's like one of those good mob names. You know, it's like Joey the Chin. Yeah. You know, Bob yeah. the Saw. Bob the Saw. And uh, he understudied the police chief. And Leon Janney was playing Peachum, the role I had played in Chicago in the pirated version. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... Um, so I'm going along, and I'm one of the guys of the gang. And then I, Leon Johnny, who I got friendly with, says he's going to be leaving the show to to go do the, um, I forget the name, a Broadway show on tour. So, oh, God damn. Because it meant that he'd be leaving, somebody else would come in and do Peachum, and I would be stuck doing Tiger Brown, the police chief, whenever he left. So Leon was such a such a decent person. He said, I'll give my notice early and tell them to try you out for Peachum. And I wanted to kiss his ass, but I thought it would embarrass him. So I didn't kiss his ass. But you got the part. Well, I auditioned and I got the part. And I did it for almost three years. Okay, so now you're doing 
you're on New York acting. So when did your, I mean, because you've had such an amazing film career. I mean, I mean, you know, I was looking at your stuff. Well, in those days, as you're doing off-Broadway, you gave sufficient notice. You could leave the show and go do a TV show or film if you were lucky enough to get a film. And uh, and come back to the show, as long as you gave decent notice. What was your first TV show? Do you remember? Oh. I was working my way up in the Sunday morning shows at that time. Uh, Camera 3, Look Up and Live, uh, Lamp and To My Feet. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I had to. I guess I, I had to get out of the show to do those. But a few days each time. But then I started also rising in, in the network shows. Uh, what the hell was it? The, the Defenders was the... Um, originated on, on this CBS show. I can't remember the name of it now. So I started out doing under fives on the uh, network shows. And uh, eventually began to land parts. Now you start getting a lot of parts. And I know, I know as, as a kid, I always remember watching you and Mary Tyler Moore. It was one thing that our family always watched that. You were a kid when Mary Tyler Moore was on? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm 50. Why do you look so old now? It's, it's, it's just, you know, it's me being bald and cross-eyed. That's all it is. You know, that's what it is. I, I look like Uncle June from The Sopranos. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. See, a, a young That's version right. of him. Yeah, yeah. So, so now, okay. Much, so, much better looking. Thank you. Oh, he is or I am? You. Oh, thank you, Ed. Uh, so now I want to talk about Mary Tyler Moore, because I remember as a kid watching it, what was that like? You played this role, and it was a comedy, and I don't know a lot of people know, you've won the most Emmys of an actor. No. No, you've, no, no. you've won seven. Won seven. I've, uh, the Emmys I've won, I've won for, well, the distinction of my Emmys are the I've won them playing a character comedically and dramatically. And in two uh, miniseries. Yeah. Which is quite So what was it like with Mary Tyler Moore? I mean, when you when you got that show, did you think it would be so big? Because that show was a huge show. Like as an actor, when you go into a certain role, do you, do you sometimes feel it saying, okay, this is going to be a big hit? Or sometimes you just don't know what's going on? I I was awed by the show. Uh, everybody was, was worrying, will we be picked up? Will we be picked up? And, and I, I said, it doesn't matter. These are the, this is the best character, and these are the best scripts I've come across since I came to L.A. So whether we get canceled tomorrow, I don't care. I'll at least have done, had the chance to do this while I'm here. And uh, it really freed me. It was a, a very fortunate coincidence. Now, when it starts getting popular, now, and I always tell people that TV was much different then because there was three networks, maybe like a Philadelphia with channel 3, 6, 10, 12, and four, you know, the, the little ones. But when people watch these shows, Everybody, it, it, and it's a different time where, you know, when my family, we sat around the TV and watched it. You know, you sat there, you made sure you'd watch it with your parents. How did your life change for the fact that now everybody knows who you are? And do people actually think you're as grumpy as Lou was? Because he was, he was, he was a grumpy guy. I mean, how do people react to you? They, um, uh, they're, they're peaked. You know, I used to be driven nuts faces. Why do you treat Mary so badly? Blah, 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 blah. You know, everybody should be treated so badly as that. Um, uh, the the clearest thing I can say is that when we were picked up, and uh, we're guaranteed that first year, Jay Sandrich, our beloved director, said to us. Now, during the first year, people will probably not recognize you, not, not identify you with being on the show. But by the time you get to the second year, it's going to happen. They're going to start 
nailing you on the street, etc. and so forth and so on. And I, I discovered that the, the three guys, Ted and Gavin and I, would go to lunch together that first year. Uh, and then slowly as the show gained more and more attention, more and more uh, focus, we'd be walking along. And certainly by the time we got to the second year, this would happen. We'd be walking along and people would see us and they'd <gasps> start to say something. And and I, of course, being the the uh, non, uh, non-seeker of celebrityhood, would lower my eyes and look away and, you know, try to ignore it and move on. But Ted, Ted would go, He'd rise three inches on his heels, <laughs> and he, you know, and practically end up pointing his thumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got him. It's me. That's me. I'm the one. And uh, it was truly funny to watch him reacting to. I mean, this is a guy who had been acting for years with puppets, with the being a ventriloquist. Uh, and finally, and in and, and, and playing surly Germans on combat and shows like that, and finally hits it as a huge, roaring comedic success. So now you said you didn't want to be noticed as a celebrity. You just just wanted to be. You just want people to leave you alone, or you just didn't. You wanted to just no, be I, appreciated I, for an I, actor. I'm just being delicate. That's all. I wanted them to recognize. Of course, I did. How did you get? I wasn't of- going to play it. Did you get a lot of free stuff? Hmm? Did you get a lot of free stuff? I mean, think back then because it was women. You mean anything? <laughs> women? I mean, I'm sure you. I mean, did I mean it must have been no, a time where no, no. did you go out today? Did you get a lot of free meals? No. no. See, they should have. They sh- that's what I think. They should have given you meals. They should have, yeah. Because you know, you guys. Oh, were... But I was listen. Uh, the the funny thing was that we ate so high and heavy on the hog. Gavin and I looked at each other. I, by the time we got to the end of the first year, my face was like a basketball. <laughs> That's how much weight I gained eating those lunches that we would go out for and, and uh, eating good at home as well. <clears throat> so uh, he went on a diet and lost a lot of weight. He went on Weight Watchers, I think. And I started skimping on my food particularly since Cloris and I got very friendly and I, I so wanted to be with her in the flesh. And um, Cloris does, does not approve of smoking and she does not approve of fat. So she said, well, okay, you lose 30 pounds and we'll get together. And I said, I got you. And I assiduously began trying to lose that 30 pounds. And the amazing thing is, I don't know why, I I lost 29. But I just could never push it over to that final 30. She didn't didn't give you like the grace period of a one pound? Like that, that's, they should do that. I didn't want to push it. I I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to make a scene. So as Mary Tyler Moore is growing more popular, more popular, how is your life changing? I mean, what, what, how does your life change when you now are, you're, you can't just go in public now as just you were used to. Now people recognize you all the time. What does that, does it make, it must be a little worrisome sometimes because you just sometimes just want to go get a sandwich. No, never, never, never became cautious about being too noticed. Um, only twice did, did uh, my celebrity cause me a panic. Once when we were in New York, and there were several people, including my kids, in our group, and somebody stopped and asked me for an autograph. This is in the 40s. And uh, I stopped and saw him. Another person stopped, another person stopped, and I, and a circle was beginning to form around me, and and I didn't want to disappoint anyone, so I, 
I wanted to sign everybody who stopped. And finally, I'm, I'm busy writing faster and faster. And finally, I get to the last one without somebody new joining the group. And I signed it, and I bolted across 7th Avenue and Broadway. That's about where they joined, around 45th Street, I think it is. And uh, against traffic to join my family and group on the other side of the street. Uh, but I actually had to run away from these people so that I, I wouldn't get stuck again. And another time it happened, I was on stage, and uh, a lot of little kids were there. And they kept coming up to and I was signing autographs from the stage, bending over and signing autographs, signing autographs. And the more I did it, the more they kept crushing up, crushing up. And I saw little kids starting to get squashed up against the wall of the stage. And I, I finally had to call a halt. So uh, that makes makes sense. It's safety reasons. Now, now I want to go back to Mary Tyler Moore. With, with the Lou, role of Lou Grant, when Mary Tyler Moore ended, did they tell you that you were going to spin off into a drama, or how did that whole thing take place? I, um, um, my, um, my agent uh, went to CBS and he said, okay, the series is over. Uh, you want to keep hanging on to Ed for uh, further work, or is he uh, free to take new offers? And they said, no, we want him. I said, okay. Uh, pick the production company you'd like to be. I, I wanted to be, stay with MTM. And I asked for the two producers we had had on Mary, Alan Burns and Jim Brooks. So they said they'd do it. So uh, waiting, waiting, see what they come up with. I thought it would be a comedic character they'd come up with. I didn't know if it would be Lou, but I knew something in that area. And uh, I don't know, it may have taken a month. I don't know. They came back and said, we decided we want to keep Lou, but we want to uh, have him go back to his first love, print. I said, okay. I said, I, you guys are geniuses. I trust you. Fine. We'll do print. And it'll be an hour show. Hour show, single camera. And uh, they were biting off far more than they knew. Why do you say that? Well, to take a comedic character, three-camera, half-hour show with a live audience, I say, okay, now he's going to revert to drama in an hour show, which will see single camera, and... Uh, uh, Nobody can laugh, naturally. It's single camera. Um, and the complexities are enormous. Uh, I think I'm tough enough and good enough that I was lucky to survive. Now, that, how many seasons did that go? Five. Five, okay. And you won one or two Emmys for that. I can't remember. Believe two. But that must have been great, though. It must be cool to sit there and to win a... A character, I mean, because as you said, you've changed it completely and the show was a success. I mean, being an actor, it must be, you must be a little bit nervous. One, because you had the popularity of the character, and then now you're going a whole different branch with it. I mean, as an actor, did you find it a little bit challenging to you? Well, uh, Jay Sandrich, who was our main director on, on the comedy, and the producers themselves said, okay, now you're going to have to maintain the standards of what Lou represents. From Mary, you've, you've got to be sure and, and not, not surrender that quality that you become famous and known for. So I said, yeah, yeah, I've got to keep the standard up. I've got to keep that standard flying. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, I worked very hard. I, and I had based Lou Grant, the, the comedy the creature, on my two brothers who were, you know, they're tricky and sneaky and and uh, just like Lou Grant. And uh, they, uh, they'll squeeze a, a nickel into a dime as easy as possible. 
And I, I, I took a lot from them because they had overloaded themselves in my life from childhood on. Uh, so then as, as we kept getting these great scripts of Lou Grant, I finally began to think that this, they wouldn't just keep the standard flying, keep the standard float. Bullshit. It's not working. Not for me. And so I began to dispense with the comedic character looking at the scripts, and I began to look into myself to play a guy that would be representative of those lines in those situations. And it worked. I found my character. So also, I know you did, you were in a few miniseries. I know you were in Rich Man, Poor Man, which was, I remember that being on. I remember, I still remember the Falconetti character and the hammer scene. What was that like? Because you were in the beginning of when miniseries were first really starting out. There wasn't a lot of miniseries back then. No. So how did that part come apart? Did they just did they approach you? By this time, were you getting approached to get parts, or did you still have to audition, or how would that work out? Well, Harv Benner was the executive producer, and God love him, man. They saw and he called me, and he said, um, what a Jewish man, poor man. And, <clears throat> and um, well, I'd like to see you do The Father. I said, okay. So I went ahead and read it, and I said, well, I don't seem right for this at all. Uh, I thought a Philip Dorn would be good for the father. So, uh, uh, no, they, 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 they still wanted me. But we were having problems because uh, they wanted to start the next year of the Mary Tyler Moore show, the last year, early earlier than I had initially been told. And I was still, uh, would still have been involved with Rich Man, Poor Man. So there was a, there was a scene because they, they, they were pissed off because they wanted me back to do Mary and here I was doing a Rich Man, Poor Man. Uh, but, uh, they lightened my role in that first show back, and uh, everything was made nice. Um, I um, and we flowed into the new season as the Lou Grant the Hour Show. Uh, but everybody involved, producers directors. Nobody had done an, uh, a series before, steadily. And that was uh, finding, being surprised all the time at what you had to work up against. Uh, so you also, you, you also did Roots. That was next the following year. Now, did they just sit there? I mean, because once again, it's a new genre and this miniseries, but it's also was it's been critically acclaimed ever since then. Yeah. What was I mean? Would did they come up to you and say, you know, Ed, we want you this for this, this part, or was it something that they wanted you for another part, or how did you end up getting the part you got? Well, uh, I mean, logistically, I would be able to do it uh, during my hiatus from uh, Lou Grant, which we were now involved in, but. Um, and the director was going to be the same as I had had in, in uh, Rich Man, Poor Man, David Green. Uh, and the producer was uh, Alex. So uh, we, uh, we start off, uh, so we start talking, and then so they'd like me to do the... Uh, the first mate. And I said, yeah, well, I've, I've done those roles before. It's, it's not really a breakthrough for me. But uh, a well-spoken person like the captain, I have not done before. I like to do the captain. And they said, well, mm, 
Okay, okay. We'll let you do the captain. Okay. So I got the captain, and Ralph Wade got the first mate. And you won an Emmy for that? Yeah. Okay. Now, I want to talk to I, a friend of mine, a guy, Stu Mark. I went to Stockton, which he made fun of my shirt, Stockton University. You know, I, I was busting my small school in New Jersey's chops, but it's okay. He sent me a, 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 a clip of you from the boondocks. Now, that was so damn funny. I, I mean, I'm going to digress a little bit. How did you end up doing a part like that that was just innovative and the character looks like you? And did they sit there and I mean, did they come up? Because that, that shit's funny as hell. I was watching it. Some of the, He sent me the best of clips of that. Mm. How did that come about? When did you start getting into the animation world? Oh, it happened. Uh, the first animation job I did was uh, Captain Planet on, a, on Turner. And I had a uh, a uh, ecological villain named uh, Hoggish Greedley who uh, despoiled the planet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I did hit him a number of times. That was a lot of fun. And that kind of got me into the business of cartoons. How do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy the cartoons? Oh, yeah. I, I enjoy voiceover work for, of any nature. It's always it's always good. So how did the boondocks approach it? Did they say you're going to play a character that looks like you and talks like you? I mean, it's just... I, I don't recall him looking like me. He's, he's, he's tall. He's, I'm not tall. But he looked... Yeah, he was stocky. He's bald, you know? He's, well, I'm bald, yes. Yeah, I'm see, we're both, we're both bald with glasses. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's yeah. good. See, we have that in common. But you can see out of both eyes. I can only see out of one. Uh, so, but uh, but I, I don't see as well out of both eyes as you see out of one eye. Yeah, well, I still have glasses. So we're both um, we're both wearing glasses. Right. So no. So what was it? Was that character just fun to play? Because the guy the guy is just aggressive and he's he's uh, very sharp tongue. Well, he's 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 a, he's a perfect uh, uh, pirate. He he takes from people. I haven't done them in a few years. They they haven't called upon me. They should have. Well, they should, of course. And then you also did Up. Yeah. Now, that movie was a huge hit, and I'm sure all of a sudden it brought you some fans who didn't know of your career. Like, I mean, you probably had a lot of kids now being a fan yeah. of yours. So what's that like? I know you said when you were years ago when you were doing that play and the kids were pushing up towards you. What's it like now when you see a kid and the kid finds out that you're the voice from up? Do they do they come want to meet you? I mean, what do they have cuz I know kids are very they get very into that. They, uh, they 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 come they're usually accompanied by a a, uh, a smoothing uh, adult. Uh there's no problem, and uh, I like them all, and I'm delighted that Up was such a success. And then you did Elf. Did that before Up. Right. Now, now, how did, how did then, once again, kids saw you? We were just watching Elf the other night. Now, during this time of the year, it's on every time. I mean, you yeah. must sit there. Can you even <laughs> turn a TV on without, not with it not being on? Well, I don't turn the TV on, so I don't have to worry about Do it. Do you watch TV at all? No. No, why not? I got too much, too many things to read. Like what do you, what what does what do you read? What what some of the stuff kind of stuff you read? All the emails that come flying over my desk from my daughter, who's my assistant. I've got to keep up with all my emails. I read my New York Times. I do my puzzles, uh, and I'm uh, I'm slowing down. Now, do you do crossword puzzles? Yeah. Now, can, have you ever figured out Sudoku? I don't. I can't. Figure, no, I, don't, I can't uh, figure it out. I'm not too busy with crosswords. And now you also you Periscope too. I do what? I saw you. You have a Periscope account. I saw it on Twitter. Periscope. But yeah, you you tweet. I know you. Tweet. No, I know. Yeah, my son does my Facebook. Okay, no, because I saw some tweets. Yeah. Now through your career, you very you've uh, been a very strong voice for the rights of actors. Now, how did you start pursuing that? Was that just from working all your life and just saying, you know, we have to be treated better? I'm a union man. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, people who don't believe in unions, uh, I feel are, are totally unrealistic and uh, ignorant. Uh, and in the leading capitalist country in the world, you don't have unions. 
and you're truly screwed. Uh, people think that the day of the union has fled. Well, if you get rid of whatever remains of unions now, and they are certainly on the on the low order these days, uh, prices would continue to sink. There aren't there aren't that many Warren Buffets who stand up and say I should be taxed more. There aren't that many uh, people hiring employees who say that uh, my employees should be paid more. So what else have been, through your career, have been some of the things that you've been very active about, politically and activism-wise? Well, death penalty. I'm a big supporter of Mike Farrell's. I, uh, I think our penal system is laughable and a crime and uh, need, needs to be corrected. Our penal system needs to be corrected. How about that? All right. Yeah. And uh, now, uh, now, what was it? I was going to ask you something, and I forgot. See that, Ed? You threw me off track. I forgot oh, what I was going to say. See that? It's it's crazy. Uh, so now, what's going? What are you doing these days? You're you're. You, I know you're on Criminal Minds. You need some water. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, it's right out, right outside. Here's a cup. There's, there's a cooler. Okay, Ed, Ed needs some water. I, <gasps> see, he's dying. He's, oh God, help me! I bring these cups. Also, it's too hot in here. I, you know, I don't control the heat. It is sort of hot in here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it puts you to sleep. I well, that, that, I thought I was putting you to sleep, <sighs> but that's yeah. <laughs> I put you to sleep. No, no, you didn't. I want to. I want to talk to you about uh about okay. Well, for politics now. Now, are are you following the political race right now? Do you have any uh who? What are you thinking of this whole this whole Trump thing and all that? I know you're a political guy. What do you think? Who who are you ten, who are you looking to vote for these days? Who do you think? What, what's your what's your outcome? Well, I yeah, I would like Bernie Sanders, but uh, I don't think he can uh, win it. But at least he's influencing Hillary. And I'll probably end up uh, voting for Hillary. So, and you don't watch the debates at all? Who? Have you watched the debates? I wouldn't watch the debates. Well, the... I, I, I want to watch how uh, uh, corporate raiders and kidnappers and, and uh, I can't stand the Republicans. All right. That's all right. Has that always been your, you felt, always felt that way? Well, it's been a progressive, a liberal, call it what you will. So, now, I recently I saw you on Criminal Minds. Yeah. Now, do you do you stay active a lot acting now, or do you, I mean, because you're, do you ever sit there and go, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to retire, or do you, is this something you'll do till you, till you're forever? No, I need, I need the money. You need the money? Yeah. But you're Ed Asner, you have tons of money. No, I don't. You don't? Mm-mm. I can't borrow any from you. If you, me. you would be shocked. Shocked if you looked at my bank account. Really? Yeah. So now, what when you look back in your career, what are some of your favorite roles? Like if someone, because you had such a long career, someone said break down like your five of your favorite roles or five just great experiences you had on a set, what would they be? Well, the collective Lou Grant, of course. I could never surrender that. Rich man, poor man. Um, uh, movie I made in, in Canada with uh, Jennifer Tilly and John Cryer called Heads. And what was that about? A newspaper editor who was a serial killer and would uh, chop off people's heads. And then were you the killer? Yeah. Now, how how many, how much great is it to play a killer? That just must be fun. Well, he, yeah, it, because he, he was a crazy bastard. He was wild, and uh, it was a lot of fun being wild. Now, have you ever, have you been killed a lot on screen? Huh? Have you been killed a lot on screen? No, I haven't. Never been killed? Oh, I have been killed, yeah, but not not often. So what are some of your other favorite roles? You've had such a great, I mean, I don't know what the, you know, you have so many roles. I mean, you have over 350 IMDb credits. That's a, that's a ton of credits. Yeah. Now, you know, what are some of the, the highlights to you? If someone said, you know, besides Lou Grant and Heads, if someone said, hey, Lou, you know, give us some roles that, if we want to watch something that Ed Asner was in that a lot of people don't know about but is a great watch, what would you say? Oh, God. Yeah. My friend, 
Nick Granato prompted by saying El Dorado. El Dorado was fun, but you know, it uh, it only put me up in the in the society of uh, of John Wayne and uh, Robert Mitchum. But I wasn't, you know, wasn't thrilling to do. Uh, I um, I had a marvelous time once we got rolling in Studio Sixty, and uh, I li- I liked the pizzazz that the character he had me playing there was uh, involved in. Unfortunately, it got canceled. Um. Uh, Another uh, another movie I made in Canada with Ann Jackson as my wife and Meredith Baxter as the femme fatale who had me think of leaving my wife. And that was called Family Man. And that was a nice picture. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I can't remember. Now, now do you... you, do you find it easy to transition between comedies and drama because your career you've done a lot of comedy you've done a lot of drama is it an easy transition for you or is it something what would you rather what would you rather do i mean when you look back at your career what was one of your favorites or was it theater? I, I i believe that there should be no no line established by which you don't cross the the great thing about having learned to do comedy with mary tyler moore is the fact that you should find the comedy in anything you do, in any drama. Look for those moments to lighten the load of the drama. And I've done that, and I think I can do that, and uh, and I think it helps. Now, you also do a lot of charity work. Me? Hey. No, not anymore. You used to do a lot of it. No, I, I don't know. It's the people in the trenches who do the charity work. I'm 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 the uh, the blowhard celebrity who comes along and uh, and captures the attention of people. Say, oh look, he's helping. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. But I'm not doing the hard work. Yeah, but you're giving back. At least you make a difference to try to sit there and be a voice, which a lot of people don't. Well, shame on them. Now, what 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 are you doing this holidays? How's your holiday season been? I just want to get through it. Because I, I find the the pressure of the gifts and the this and that, that, it gets so fatiguing and tiresome. I don't enjoy the holidays. You don't? No. What's your What's your favorite season? Because you you know you grew up in the Midwest, so you probably most people like I grew up back east. We miss the fall. I like Thanksgiving, but we've become so far spread out that. It was difficult to have that old familial feeling this year as we have had it in the past. I like Thanksgiving. I like Passover for its for its bringing together, for its thanking whoever you want to thank for the blessings that bestowed upon us. How about Hanukkah? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, when's the last time you did theater? Because you got your start in theater. When was the last time you actually did theater? A couple years ago. And now, was it good to go back? Do you miss it? Because a lot of times people, you know, you no. get the TV. Why don't you miss it? No. Well, uh, um, it, it always seems to be a test involved. Uh, I've, I've been doing uh, my one-man show of FDR for five years, and always, you know, it I always needed to prove the value of the man and the value of the material I was doing, and I, I disliked the fact it had to be proven. Now, on January 15th and 16th, I'll be in New York uh, auditioning for the public my new one-man show called A Man and His Prostate, written by Ed Weinberger. He's done a beautiful job of taking his own personal experiences, putting them into this one-man show, which I do, and I enjoy that. I enjoy the laughs. Always enjoy the laughs. So that will be, you're doing that in January? 
Yeah. And now that's how long? Also doing it at the uh, the Frank Sinatra uh, Golf Classic in Palm Springs. Uh, probably uh, emceed by Tom Dreesen. I don't know. Now, what what is this play about? This this piece. A man in this process. Yeah, but what I mean, I know it's it's a title, but what are you going to talk about? Well, how I got struck by a prostate attack while I was on a cruise ship with my wife. She was on some off tour, so I get taken off the ship and I get taken to a Italian doctor and my adventures with the Italians, uh, alleviating my prostate symptoms. Seems like great people can talk about prostates these days. No one ever talked about prostates years ago. Well, there's a lot of things we didn't talk about. Abortion, certainly we didn't talk about. What do you, what do you find, what is your uh, view on social media now? That you can see anything, anytime. Is that something you enjoy as an actor? Do you like that people can go back and see all your work that years ago they couldn't because we didn't have, you know, the technology, you couldn't watch it? I mean, do, do you ever find that you get emails from people who, a young, let's say a young female comic who just saw the Mary Tyler Moore show for the first time. Do you ever get emails like that? Do you ever get emails that people go, Occasionally. thank you? Not, not, not often. Uh, well, you know, the, I, I've done a, a, a number of movies for Hallmark and a Lifetime. <clears throat> and they're always replaying them, particularly now, because uh, a couple of them deal with Christmas. Um, uh, but uh, so I, I, I'm getting a response on those now, and uh, I'm always very grateful. And they—they're they've, good material. Over the years, who have been some of your Hollywood friends? Because you've been in friends, the, yeah, like people like like. Do you ever play poker with someone, or was there any guys that you would go I get a drink with or night. eat? Who now? now uh, what are you a good poker player? Uh no. Now who who will who will play? Who but don't you, tell the other players. Who oh, you want? You can't say who the other players are. No, I don't tell the other okay. players that I, I'm You're not, good. not that good. Like, who, like, who, like, Ed Asner going to a poker game. That's the coolest thing. Like, who are you playing poker with? Oh, Joe Bologna, uh, Patricia Clarkson, uh, uh, Patricia Richardson, I think. So you guys go to a house, or do you go? Norby Walters, uh, a music agent, uh, as a, as a, weekly game so how do you how do you get involved in that like because i always it's always fascinating like how certain celebrities like did someone say hey that asner he's 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 a crappy poker player let's bring him we'll take some money or did they say hey that asner he's good we gotta get him to play poker oh i really don't know what they said to each other i can't tell you that right. i wasn't there but uh i'm always uh, delighted to uh show up and not lose money if that can happen i try to we, we buy in for 60 bucks and play straight seven. See, that's cool. Now, now who are some of the other people you've hung out through the years? Some of your Hollywood you mean friends. You poker? No, just like, let's say you, you'll, oh. someone calls you and goes, hey, yeah, let's get, a, let's get a drink. Or, hey, yeah, let's get a steak. Who are some guys, like when you were younger, who were some of those guys or doing your Mary Tyler Moore days? Was there like, you know, people like, because you, you worked in all these shows. Like, did Nick Nolte ever call you during Rich Man, Poor Man? No, no, but he uh, he would always uh, be there if I needed him, and he still is, and he's a wonderful actor. Uh, uh, Paul Rudd, I was on Broadway with, uh, and, and Michael uh, Shannon, and they both would uh, would uh, drop what they're doing to be friends if I needed them. We have a few minutes left, Ed. Uh, I know he's going. Oh my God, I'm, I'm not done yet. Wait a second. It's, it's hot in the theater. It's hot in the. It's hot in the studio. Yeah, it is. What's What's coming up for you? What can we look for you in the near future? Besides the man and his prostate. Man and his prostate, and uh, uh, what else am I doing? Well, I'm trying to produce a uh, a film on uh, Edgar Allan Poe. I have a partner named uh, Maggie Grant. And we're both trying to uh, produce this film. We've gotten some assurances from Australian backers of um, money to um, to uh, uh, fund us. And uh, we're, uh, we, got, we have a film on Edgar Allan Poe that we want to do. 
we have a film on uh, the cardinal moment in American law when freedom of speech was guaranteed in 1735. And the uh, rescuer was a Philadelphian lawyer named Andrew Hamilton. And he saved the day. Uh, so there are those two pictures. Um, are you getting now more into, do you, did you like it, doing the production side of it, getting producing stuff? I don't like producing, no. I, 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 I just like to be offered a job and say, yeah, I'll be there. Have you, are you a fan of Edgar Allan Poe? Hmm? Have you been a fan of Edgar Allan Poe's work? Oh, certainly. Aren't you? Everyone's, who, who everyone is? should be. Who is? Everyone is. Yeah. And then we can look for you for the, you're in the Christmas, we'll see you in Elf again this season. And you're, I mean, you're always on, you're, you're in a bunch Probably. of these Christmas specials. And that's good. And now will you, will you ever go back on Criminal Minds? If they ask me, they, uh, they certainly haven't seemed to roll over and try the other arm. Now, now, what do you think about the TV shows now? Seeing that you were like the sitcoms, what do you hear? Like knowing that you were in a classic sitcom, Mary Tyler Moore mm-hmm. was one of the one of the top ten sitcoms ever. What's it like now when you hear about different shows? Do you think they've gotten they've developed better, or you think they're going backwards? I I I don't watch them. I don't know. But you got to hear stuff on the street. No, I don't. I don't want to talk about. It. You don't? No, I don't. Uh... I um, I don't know why I'm not used more. Uh, I think I can be. Uh, this this show may may prove the uh, denial of everything I say. Uh, it, it may be that people find me deadly dull on this show. No. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, it's the heat. You don't like the heat. I can tell. It's the heat. Yeah. It's the heat and the water. Heat. It's the heat. The yeah. heat sucks. I didn't know it was this hot. Uh, Look, my my forehead's in a, in a cold room. My put God. you in a cold room. They always say that Ed Asner in a cold room. They yeah. say that they go put Asner in a cold room. Would you do to, that? Uh, you know, would yeah. do that to me. I would if you wanted to be in a cold room. You know what? Six months from now, you come back. We put you in a cold room. All right. We'll All put right. we'll put a. Or a, we can go outside and 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 talk. We can sit outside. Yeah, I'll just I'll put yeah. it on my iPhone yeah. and we can but, talk back and forth. Put it in the sun though. Yeah, exactly. I want to thank you for coming on, Ed. It's Why? Because it's a pleasure to meet you. I ate up a lot of time. No, you didn't. My my show's always an hour. That's what we talk about. Did we talk for an hour? Yeah, see that? See, God it's damn. it's more. You you thought you talked for 20 minutes. You I talked know, for an I hour. I have no idea that we talked that long. Now, 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 do you... I, I guess it wasn't that boring because it didn't seem like that. Exactly. See that? Now, now, how can people get in touch with you? You said the emails. Where can they email you at? Where can they email me? Yeah, where, where can people... How can people do they Twitter? Do they have no, to get... No, no, no. My email is uh, Quince Productions, Q-U-I-N-C-E Productions, at gmail.com. Okay, and then they send it, they'll hear back from you? I don't know. It all depends what they ask. Well, I hope they ask good things. Maybe they'll send you ice. Ice? Because it's cold. You need to be in the cold. Send, send me an air-conditioned room. For I will. Sake. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to thank you for coming on, Ed. No, no, let, let, me, let me thank you for... Uh, for uh, Keeping me uh, awake for a whole hour. Hey, you know what? With this heat that you provided me. It's hot. See, I, I know it's crazy. Anyway, people, please go go to IMDb. Look up Ed Asner. If you're not, if you haven't seen his work, check it out. You know, if you haven't seen Up, and if you haven't seen Mary Tyler Moore, and any and the Roots, or if you've seen any of them, you have you have a problem. So go go check him out. Joe, check Ed Asner. He's a legend. Seven Emmys, a legend. And you people go to my website, CooperTalk.net. I have Who? over. CooperTalk.net. Never heard of it. Exactly. CooperTalk.net. Send me an email. Cooper at CooperTalk.net. I have over 450 episodes up on my website. Follow me on Twitter. I tweet a lot. That's at CooperTalk. And uh, go to iTunes, Stitcher. You can do that. And don't forget, people, it's the holiday season. Go buy my book. Stop, Merry Christmas. StopTheSalt.com. When I went through those health problems and my heart problem when I was in the hospital, when I got out, I changed my whole diet. I wrote a book. So you can go buy it and go to stopthesalt.com and get it there. So that's about it. I want to thank you, Ed. You got. I want to get a picture. Don't you can go outside. Let yeah, me get a yeah. picture. I'm he, going to the John first. Go to the John then. Yeah, okay, I'll people. Ed Asner there. is leaving the Cooper Stock Studios. Going through the John. I'll come Show back. Show where it is. Come back because so we can get a picture. With, you know. And people. So yeah, thank you for listening. And please go check out Asner. Follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk. Hulu. Five seasons of Lou Grant. Hulu. Hulu. Five seasons of uh, Lou Grant. So check it out. So remember, I'm Steve Cooper. 
I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your yeah, vitamins, and I will talk to you guys next week.